Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. This week, we are talking about something that is quite common but something that a lot of people don't realize is happening to them until they're in the thick of it. So today we are discussing burnout and Jackie introduced me to a really good model around the 12 stages of burnout. And when I had a look at that, I was like, wow, you can really see those stages that you go through that you don't realize that you just think are a normal part of working and a normal part of being busy at work and being overwhelmed and stressed with life generally you don't actually realize where you're heading to so let's get started by talking about those 12 stages because it, that was a massive eye-opener for me when you showed me that because I think at some point everyone will have felt an element of burnout in their career within their life I think it's something that is more common than we realize talk us through those 12 stages and if if you're listening then just have a think if you can relate to any of these as well yeah so I think like you this was a real kind of eye-opener for me and it was something that when I came across it I was oh yeah and the more that I've shared this when I've done leadership development workshops that is the typical reaction is that people read about this or hear about this and oh maybe I've been a bit further along that path than I realized. So before I, I share about the 12 stages, so defining burnout, I think is really important because burnout is about the capacity that we have to cope with the stresses that we're exposed to. So that can be in a work context, it can be outside of work, it can be a combination of all of the above. And we have a level of stress on one side and we have a level of resilience and capacity to cope with stress on the other side and when those are out of whack so when the stress is heavier than your ability to cope that over a prolonged period of time is where people experience burnout so the 12 stages I think is really helpful because what it does is helps people to recognize for themselves perhaps where they've been or where they have been but also for those that people are leading or managing, I think is really important because at the extreme end, at full burnout, your body will literally just make everything stop. So that is where people will experience full burnout. And if people get to that kind of full burnout stage, that's a really serious situation. And it's something that typically takes an awful long time for people to recover from. And I know of people who've experienced full burnout and they have physical symptoms years later because of 
what's happened and the, the point that their body's got to. So that's why I'm so passionate about sharing this model and helping people to be able to recognize for themselves, but like I say, also for others when you're managing and leading, because as people experience it, as you go through it, it's really hard to pull yourself back. And sometimes what you need is help that potentially you don't know or you don't ask for. So I think that's probably just really important to share before we get into the 12 stages. So the 12 stages is essentially a model. And if you Google it, we'll put a link to one of the articles about it in the show notes so that you can have a bit more of a read about the specifics. But what that does is looks at the different stages that people typically go through before they reach that full burnout. So the early stages are incredibly common things that most ambitious managers and leaders will recognize. So stage one is excessive ambition. It's about that enthusiasm that people have. It's about that kind of desire to prove themselves. And it's about that aim to be typically the best that they can be. So it, it doesn't feel like that's a bad thing. And in lots of cases, if it doesn't go further, if you're not finding that stressful, then happy days. Being ambitious is not something that we would tell people to step away from, but it's about knowing how that can then progress through to the other stages. So from there, the stages that follow on is then typically when people have that ambition, when they have that desire to prove themselves, they will start to work harder. So they will take on more, potentially work longer hours, do work at the weekend, put work longer days, put the kids to bed and then get back on the laptop. And at this point, still potentially finding the job fulfilling, getting that satisfaction. You feel like when you're working harder and you're getting notice for the work that you're providing, it, it's that kind of almost that addiction. So you're addicted often to the results that you're getting from working hard. And then beyond there, then you get to the stage of you're doing that to such a degree that then you're potentially neglecting your own needs. So this could be where sleep maybe is a bit more erratic, where you're giving up your exercise so that you can fit more work in. You're spending less time with family or friends. So even at this relatively early third stage, there are things here that potentially could start to have an impact on your health. Because if work is coming first and foremost, then there are things that people will often sacrifice. And I think in those early stages, probably pretty much everyone that's listening is going to be nodding and thinking, yeah, there's been times, if not all the time, then certainly I recognize some of those things. So all of that stuff is extremely common. Then from there, you get to a stage where you are potentially overreacting to things, perhaps being a little bit more emotional than normal, where you just aren't quite feeling yourself, but you're suppressing that, that feeling because what you've been doing so far has been working for you and you still have that ambition. So even though there's maybe a bit of a niggle, you, you're still sticking with it. Then you get to revising your values where you are moving away from the things that have had value for you and typically putting work at the center. So work is becoming even more important and other things are then 
dropping down the rungs. And then you potentially start to deny some of the problems that you're starting to experience. So we're halfway along at this stage, the, the 12 stages, we're at stage six. So this is where potentially others might notice some behavioral changes where you might be seen as excessively demanding. You might be a bit less tolerant, a bit less empathetic, a bit more task focused rather than people focused and getting those feelings that work is a lot, but also that kind of frustration that other people aren't pulling their weight with what you're doing. From there, you can get to a stage where potentially you start to pull back from relationships with other people. So even more withdrawal from friends, family, from social life, where work really is becoming the only thing that that you are focused on. And then you get to a stage when that's happening, where typically it's starting to have really quite an impact on other people. So particularly your nearest and dearest. So they are getting less of you. They're getting less quality time. They're not seeing the fun kind of you that you used to be. You might be missing important times or you're just not present in the times when you are there. So this is where it is really starting to have an impact. And those who would normally be your support network potentially have been pushed away. And then at this stage, it's really hard to be asking for help because you continue to push through. You feel like you should continue to push through. And then we get to some of those really serious stages. So you get to stages where you just don't feel like yourself. You feel like potentially having an out-of-body experience. You're going through the motions. You, you feel like emotionally numb and really that kind of inner emptiness. So you start to feel as if all of this is and for what and you might you just typically at this stage you're getting to the stage where you're just questioning and you want things to stop but you just don't see any other way to turn and it's not unusual at this stage for people to have unhealthy coping mechanisms addictive behaviors compulsive behaviors are often coming in as ways of avoiding or alternatives to the emotion that people are trying to avoid and then you get to depression where everything's a bit of a feels very bleak. It's you can't see a way out. You're getting mental exhaustion. And, and that's the stage then where you're getting to that risk of full burnout. And full burnout is typically the stage, like I said at the start, where your body literally can't keep going emotionally, mentally, but also physically. Your body will get to a point where it will say no more stop and at that point that's where typically people will just have to stop and where there can be some of those really quite serious and long-reaching consequences when I share that with people in leadership development workshops it is not unusual that most people in the room will be oh I've been further along like I've maybe been at a seven eight or a nine when I look back but at the time I just thought it was normal I didn't see that there was anything wrong with it. Yeah. And do you know what? It's funny because as, as you're talking through that, I see this so often with career changes because lots of people will come to me and they'll say, is this it? Is this, is this all I'm ever going to do in my career? It doesn't feel right. I feel like everything that I've worked towards, it just isn't fulfilling me. It just It's just not filling me with joy and don't know 
what to do. I don't know where to turn. And nine times out of 10, when we start exploring what's going on for them, nine times out of 10, it is because they're in the they're in these stages of burnout and they don't realize and they're just getting more and more overwhelmed as they go through. So they think the solution is to get away from this situation. And what I then find is if you don't unpack all of this stuff that is happening to you, that has happened to you, you will then take those traits into your next role, take all of that baggage into your next role. And before you know it again in the next role, you're hitting those higher stages of burnout again. And I see that quite often. And I do think, and that's why when we were talking about burnout, I thought, do you know what? This is a really important episode, isn't it? Because a lot of people don't realize that they're even in any of these stages of burnout. They just think it's part of the work, we're under-resourced, we've got lots on, it's the time of year, whatever it is. And they just keep plowing forward. And being there myself, I ended up going from not taking any sick days off work to having four or five weeks off because I hit burnout and I couldn't function and I just hit that breaking point and I thought I can't take any time off when I was feeling rubbish in the lead up to that because who would do my work when actually when I end up going off sick nobody phones me to see if I was okay they just left me to it and sent me a few messages asking when I was coming back to work it carried on without me and that was a massive wake-up call for me And I think that, unfortunately, is not an unusual example. I certainly, likewise, have worked with clients where they've got to that stage where they are in that place of, I I can't take time off. And I think because it all stems from that early stages of that kind of sense of ambition, it's almost like you feel like the further you go and the more senior your role is, the bigger your pay packet is, it feels like that will feel better. It feels if I can just get through this, then it'll be okay. But you're constantly pushing and it it is that your resilience just gets tested and tested and it gets lower. So the same stress that you could cope with, and I think then people beat themselves up of, I used to be able to cope with this and now I can't. And it's no, you can't because you've been working your ass off for years on end. So you've depleted that level of resilience, you've used up what you had and you haven't topped it back up. And you're absolutely right about that aspect of if people don't unpack it and don't start to recognize it and start to take action, then those traits will follow them to to different roles. And I've certainly, so my own experience, I didn't get to full burnout, but I certainly, like I say, when I first started to explore this, recognized how far along that path I was headed. And I got to a stage probably maybe on the scale, maybe kind of nine, 10, somewhere around there. And I really remember I just became overly emotional. I felt disconnected and I really crystal clear remember I was driving and I was having a conversation with a colleague and I just had to cut her off because I just spontaneously burst into tears, driving my car and having a conversation. And that was so out of character for me that it made me go, hang on a minute. I'd always seen myself as someone who was resilient. I'd seen myself as someone who was level-headed. I'd seen myself as someone who could cope. 
And so no matter what was thrown at me, I'm, yeah, keep sending it, keep sending it. I'm the person that can cope. I'm the girl that can get stuff done. So that a lot of my self-image and self-worth was tied up with that. And yeah, like <laughs> companies can function without you. They yeah. do. And and that's the thing. It's the way it feels versus the reality of the situation are two different things. Yeah, it, it is. It's a tough one. And like I was in my early 20s when when it first happened to me. And it is, it's typical. And I suppose me, like I did realize it was burnout. I mean, if I'd known about the, the 12 stages of burnout, I, I reckon I would have been able to spot it sooner. But after that happened, I was backwards and forwards to the doctors because I was feeling anxious and they were blaming hormones and they were saying, maybe you're depressed and maybe you're feeling down. And I genuinely did feel like that. But at the same time, like I didn't as well. And they're offering to medicate me and all of this. We'll give you some medication to take the edge off. And it was like, I don't think that's what I need, but I didn't know what I needed. I didn't know anything about burnout. I didn't no, that's what I was going through. All I knew is that I just got to a point where I just, like you were saying, that I just felt completely numb and I didn't, I felt disconnected from everything. And I was just on this mission because I was ambitious and I wanted to achieve in my career. But actually, like early 20s, and nobody really to lean on, to ask, to even have these conversations with. Back then, having a conversation about burnout, it, it, it wouldn't have been a thing. So you just carry on and carry on until you hit a point where you're like, I can't do anymore. Like I physically cannot even think straight anymore. Like I'm done. It must be this job. It must be me because if I can't do this job, then it's got to be me. I'm not good enough and all of this kind of stuff. And I, I went through all of that. And then obviously the doctor was no help at all, just was like, take these antidepressants. And I was like, I didn't want to do that because I want to get to the bottom of what's going on and all the rest of it. So luckily for me, I was able to go down some different routes and look at some holistic things and get some really good advice. But there wasn't much in terms of advice out there at that time. And obviously now I can spot those signs in people. I can spot it in myself because you still do it. You still, no matter how much you know about burnout, you'll still push yourself and push yourself. But I think it's just being able to recognize, isn't it, where you're heading. And when you start to feel a little bit not yourself or you start to prioritize work over family and friends that's where you start going hold on a minute this is not right what's going on and some of the changes that can make a significant difference are really quite simple and I see with clients that once they know this then there are some relatively simple steps that aren't going to literally take you from level 12 back to level one can just help to boost resilience so a really simple one is just starting to look after yourself better. And we've got another episode planned where we'll talk in more, more depth and more detail about different ways to, to build your resilience. But I think just some really simple things of being a bit more bounded about working hours, being more mindful about having activities outside of work. So one of the things I play and coach netball, and one of the things that I let slip when I was on that path was I didn't make the effort to get to netball training. When I did, that was brilliant because it was exercise. It was time where my brain wasn't switched on to work. 
it was social time with other people. So it ticked lots of boxes. And when I let that simple thing slide, that had a disproportionately greater effect than I realized at the time. So there are often some simple aspects. And I was talking recently in the second module of some leadership development workshops to a group of leaders where we'd covered burnout and stress in the first module. And for for nearly all of them, that was the section that had struck them. And that was the thing that they'd taken action on. And there was one who I remember from that first session had clocked what stage they were at. And by the time we went back for the second one, from some pretty simple changes around being more mindful about working hours, being more mindful about looking after themselves better, were saying, look, I sleep better, I'm less stressed, I'm managing my own workload better, I'm able to lead my team better. And it's so important because when you realise, then you see the signs. And so you can take the action when you're at a five or a six or a seven, as opposed to letting it go all the way through to stage 10 or 11, as has happened to us where we didn't have that knowledge. Yeah, and I think as if you are listening to this episode, I definitely advise checking out the 12 stages of burnout. And even if you're not going through that yourself, if you recognize somebody that you know, like maybe a colleague or family member or friend is going through those stages and you know when someone is, because I speak to loads of people who say, you need to help me find a new job because it's really affecting my marriage. I'm going to end up getting divorced because... I'm going into work, I'm under all this pressure and I'm bringing it home. I'm feeling so overwhelmed and now it's creeping into my personal life and I'll speak to other people that'll say that they've fallen out with family members because they've got no time for them because work has got to be the focus and they'll say to me, I've got to focus on work, I'm, I'm ambitious, I'm moving forwards and everything and yeah, that that's true. But then at the same time, if people are starting to notice changes in you, if people are starting to mention things, if you are feeling like you've not got time to have those people in your life or you are bringing all of that overwhelm and all of that stress home and taking it out on loved ones, we're probably all guilty of doing that. It's almost listening to this. If this makes you just stop and go, am I doing that? Is that what I've been doing? Am I in the throes of burnout? What is going on? And if you are, or if you notice that somebody else is and you can show them this, then I think it can make such a difference to people because it isn't something that's widely talked about, is it? No, and I think people hear the term burnout and think of it more so probably at that extreme end. So think about the kind of stages 10, 11, 12, and it starts so much earlier than that. And it is, it's that case of it's very gradual and therefore it's easy to miss the signs. So I think there's that view that it's not burnout unless it's really serious. And in fact, burnout starts with those much smaller things that don't seem that bad. But then if they're not addressed, if you continue to expose yourself to the same degree of stress, if you don't have ways of managing that, if you don't consciously build your resilience, then those two things in combination over time can and do lead to really significant issues. I remember talking not so long ago to somebody who had previously been in the military and they were confused by how is it that 
I've been experiencing this in a work context, given what I've been exposed to, I could cope with terrible things that I saw and experienced when I was in active service. And now I'm a leader within a business and really this shouldn't fit. It's almost like you tell yourself you should be able to cope. It shouldn't feel that bad, but it's a very different scenario and there's a very different set of stressors. So one thing that I often see is that this can happen when people become working parents, because when they've been able to just work and have that focus and that drive and that ambition on work, and then they become a parent, the mental load at home is the difference. So it's almost like they feel like what's wrong with me, I can't cope with it, but there can be a huge mental load at home and you don't have that time that you had to decompress or to do other things. You're constantly having to think for other people, do things for other people, be focused on all of that stuff. And that's where I often see those people like you were describing, is this it? I feel like I should be feeling like I've won the lottery. And we did that episode on your career mojo and we can signpost to that in the show notes. But yeah, it's that feeling of I should feel like I'm on top of the world here and I don't. And again, that's often because those signs of burnout have been creeping. And I think one thing as well that I would want to mention is when from a work context, if you see someone that has previously been a high performer who suddenly, you know, over a period of time seems to drop the ball a bit, they're maybe not as on the ball or maybe they are becoming really perfectionist and they're becoming re- really detail oriented and they're doing your head in because you just you just can't get why are they not so laid back anymore why are they behaving differently or why are they being forgetful or why are they not performing in the way that they used to those can often be signs that somebody is potentially at risk of burnout so i think sometimes people when they're at that stage will then be on the receiving end of people that are frustrated with them as opposed to empathetic about hang on a minute there could be some stuff going on here and I think it's really important to be curious and try and understand okay if I'm seeing that something has changed quite significantly what's prompted that because this could well be the answer yeah definitely and another thing as well is you mentioned I think it's stage 10 where you start to feel like really normal and empty and substance abuse can occur but it's not always substance abuse I don't think obviously people will turn to alcohol and different substances to help when they're in stressful situations but also as well eating habits and food I know for me if I feel stressed out junk food is the first place I'll turn to because I don't really drink alcohol I'll start eating more chocolate and all of the stuff that gives you that like little bit of a when you eat it but then over a prolonged period of time makes you just feel absolutely rubbish which just doesn't help the situation so it's things like that as well like noticing your own eating habits or are you having an extra glass of wine or is the glass of wine turning into a bottle of wine are you telling yourself that you're doing that because you're stressed and it's helping to reduce the stress if you sat there with a huge box of Maltesers and eating them all because you're like this is helping me to de-stress and feel better as a one-off maybe things like that could help but over a prolonged period of time that's when those things will make you feel even worse and it's even spotting things like that like in yourself 
and others and just if you spot others somebody that would usually eat fairly healthily is now binging on chocolate and junk foods and they've not got time to think about food prep or anything like that and it's okay that's not what you're usually like is everything okay are you feeling a little bit overwhelmed what's going on for you or if somebody's having a few extra glasses of wine it's are you doing that because you're stressed or what is going on for you it's just bringing that awareness to the surface isn't it and I think often when people try and tackle it for the person that's in the situation that can feel quite accusatory and they can find that quite hard to be confronted with so it's potentially about sharing I'm starting to see some signs of some of these things. I'm concerned about you and I want to support you is really the approach that I would suggest that people take. One of the things that is really hard if you're someone who is very driven, who's very ambitious, who's followed several of these stages is accepting help feels really difficult because you've created this whole sense of identity and self-worth over being somebody who is really at the top of your game, who's really good at what you do, who can hold it all together. And so if they feel like they're being offered help, that can be difficult because they can feel like they should be able to cope. So I think sharing some of this and saying, I'm starting to wonder whether some of these things might be happening for you because I'm noticing some of the outward signs might this be a part of it? And often people will then start to recognize it. So yeah, I would say definitely share this episode, share the article that we'll link to in the show notes, look out for it for other people and think about how you can draw that to their attention. Because if it's getting to those stages where you're seeing the changes in behavior, it is probably a good few rungs along the ladder. Amazing. I think that brings us to the end of this week. So thanks for listening. Make sure you rate and review us on your favorite podcast platforms. And if there is anything that you would like us to cover off, then make sure you slide into our DMs and let us know what topics you'd like us to cover. And also let us know what's come up for you and if you found any of the episodes useful too. And we will be back again next week.